Seven years ago, near the end of July 2000, was the first time he appeared at the screen door. Two weeks earlier, I passed him on a sidewalk three streets over, and the week before, he was sitting beside the homeless on their bench outside the post office. And two nights before, I saw him on Main Street. A street festival was ending. I was out for a walk. He was staring into a brimming trash can, and his face was close to its mouth. That one-room flat on West Washington Street was an overhauled garage that jutted out the back of an old brick house. There were three bigger apartments in front, but I had my own door. Outside it was a small yard, evergreens at the back, maples on both sides. And during the summer months I kept my door open and the screen door hooked until bedtime. It was around ten. Wednesday night... The window above the futon bed was open, and I heard footsteps on the gravel. I was sitting in the armchair, the music was on, and I stood quickly, turned it down, and glanced about for anything unsightly. Then I stood at the screen door and switched the outside light on. "'An old lady lying in the middle of your street,' he said. He was lanky, about four inches taller than me, and somewhere in his fifties. A few top teeth were gone. His face was speckled and sunburned, and he wore a baseball cap. I knew enough about the game to know that the team with the feathers is the Cleveland Indians. I stepped back from the screen door. In the middle of the street, he said. He pressed his hands flat against the screen. The frame creaked. A moth spun around his cap. In front of your building, he said. Then he turned and ran. A few minutes later I was standing under the maple whose roots had cracked the sidewalk. He was a few feet away. No old woman was lying in the street. So, right there, man, I said, and nodded at the street. Seen her, man, coming back from the park, he said. Before me, two new Hondas were parked, like every other night. Across the street, shades and curtains were drawn, and porches were dark. Wearing white sneakers and a bathrobe, he said. Got down and asked if she was okay. Said she needed to get up or a car would smash her. Old lady's eyes were closed. She said nothing. I didn't say a word, nor look at him, when I crossed the street to the other footpath and looked up and down, with my back to him and the street. An elderly woman lived in a white two-story near the corner. In the evenings, she sat on her porch, on a white plastic chair with a red cushion. She rested her feet on an old wooden soda crate and watched the street traffic and the fit young couples strolling the sidewalk, pushing their baby or two in pricey strollers. I walked down the footpath and crossed over. But right before I reached her house, I was stalled by a dark stream, shining across the footpath and vanishing down a gully. I thought that stream was blood red, though seconds later I was standing in the clearest water and listening to the seductive hiss of a sprinkler. Earlier, I'd smoked weed, and I was drinking red wine. The weed I got from a young mother at the bakery where I worked five or six mornings a week. My shift ended around noon, and when classes were in session, I drove to my apartment, washed, changed clothes, and walked to campus. That car was a rusted-out blue two-door Toyota Tercel hatchback.
It had a free Tibet sticker on the back bumper. I purchased the car very cheaply from a 34-year-old graduate student whose parents had bought him a new one as a lure to finish the dissertation he'd been working on for eight years.